Welcome, welcome again to another rendition of Welcome to Fatherhood Interviews. My name is Sir Royce Brialis, and I'm with my uh, prestigious co-host, Dr. Raheem Young. How's it going, brother? I'm doing well, uh, man. How, how things are your end? Oh, man, all is well over here, man. No complaints. That's good. All right, I'm also pleased to announce we have a special guest. I want to make sure I get your name right. Uh, can you say it for me? Uh, Becky. Becky, okay. And the yeah. last name? Uh, Becky Mafulela. There you go. Becky, thanks for jumping on with us, man. How's it going? No, going well, Royce. Uh, thanks for the invite, and uh, nice to meet you both. Yeah, so Becky, tell us a little bit more about yourself, man. So uh, what do you do for a living or for a purpose? And also, uh, how many kids you got and what are their ages? Uh, cool. So um, uh, I work in the financial services industry. Uh, I've been a consultant um, for the past sort of uh, 10 years now, uh, different types of roles uh, from financial planning, wealth management, asset consulting. And um, for purpose-wise, uh, very passionate about financial inclusion, uh, inclusive growth, and and access to you know, to financial services, to a broader spectrum of the population. And my daughter just turned four months uh, a few days ago. That's cool. So can you talk about that experience as being a new dad and like what are some of the changes that you've experienced? Yeah, so, so I mean, it's, it's, it's been quite a, a, a an, a, an interesting journey the last sort of, you know, five, six months and probably a little bit longer, you know, during this sort of two year period with COVID. I think, I think sort of pre COVID, like a lot of, you know, my life and, you know, uh, uh, revolved around my work. So a lot of time spent in work. So I'd almost call it like a work life balance pre COVID. Mm -hmm. But I think, I think whilst COVID was obviously quite a, uh, um, a challenging time and 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 say time for a lot of people for a lot of reasons. I think there's a little bit of a silver lining that it it sort of you know reshifted us from focusing on work with a little bit of life to now focusing on life with a little bit of work hopefully you know you yeah. still need to pay the rent. So 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 I think I think certainly the 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 last few months have given you know a different perspective and I'm and I think I'm quite grateful for for the ability to be actually be present and 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 spend you know uh, this amount of time you know at home you know uh uh you know with my daughter so so i mean i've just sort of uh taken a bit of a sabbatical so i've been on a bit of an extended sabbatical now uh and yeah so i, I think it's it's exciting i mean obviously i'm i'm you know i'm still trying to think about how i balance out going forward you know, focusing on life and, and family, but also on your work as well, you know, that sort of thing. But yeah, it's been a great journey. Uh, it's been a blessing. Um, and yeah, looking forward to the future. That's good. So I know the future is going to be bright, man, but take me back to the moment when you found out you're becoming a dad. Like, uh, what was going through your head during that time, man? Yeah, so... So that was uh, October uh, 2001, 
2021, sorry. Um, and, you know, so, so my wife just came in, like, just broke the news. And, you know, like, I think, I think in a, in a, in a, in an interesting way, uh, like, I, I felt like I was ready because I mean, I'm, I'm not, I'm not young anymore. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm turning 45, uh, next year. So, so, so it, it was a, a, a pleasant surprise for me. And, you know, I, I kind of feel like I, I've been preparing without preparing for it, if that makes any sense. <laughs> so you say you're about to be 45? Yeah. Oh, okay. I thought you was like 25 or something, man. <laughs> you, you look young for your age. Well, I, I suppose I can return the compliment right back at you as well, right? <laughs> so how how did she break the news? She just came in and said that I'm I'm pregnant or was it Yeah, so she was like she was like, Oh come, come, come have a look. Right. Uh, so so then we were trying to like interpret that little thing, like is the line at the right place, right? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, like misinterpreted and something like that. So she had like a pregnancy testing. And so yeah, so that was that was quite exciting. Uh she just sort of and and we we're all quite like like anxiously excited. Like, you know, like uh should you get too excited about this or should you give it a bit more time and test it again? <laughs> like, you know, just to make sure that it's no false alarm. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so yeah, so I mean it's 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 yeah, so she just told me like that and then we kinda kept it to ourselves for for quite a bit of time, you know, until we 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 felt like we were ready to 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 share it uh with 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 family and friends and that sort of thing. Okay. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. So, so walk me through uh, the next the next phase. So she's pregnant now. She's going through changes. Uh, how how are you helping? How are you changing during that time too? Yeah. So, so yeah. So so some of it is is probably like a little bit of a blur because there's so much going on. Right? <laughs> <laughs> it's a blur. Let's go yeah. both hands. Yeah, so, so I don't know. Like, I suppose we'd have to ask her. Yeah, like, like I was showing up. Hopefully, I was showing up. Uh, you know, trying to support as much as I possibly can. You know, um, and like lots of, lots of uh, doctor visits. You know, so, so obviously, you know, being the designated driver. Uh, I Did think, she have I think a type she, of food that she uh wanted to eat all the time? Was this like a certain craving that she had? That's that's so she was eating a lot more, for sure. Uh, I mean, my my wife has got a healthy appetite, so so she was definitely, you know, uh, eating a lot more. But but she stopped having coffee, you know, no and coffee. she's she, no coffee. Yeah, so she didn't like it at all. So, so at least that's one food she, that like one like one thing she dropped during that phase. She actually hasn't picked it up much even now. Anyway, you know. Um, so yeah, but yeah, so so but not not like the sort of like craving for 
McDonald's. Uh, I know a friend of mine, his wife was craving McDonald's quite a bit. So I think we we're just sort of eating no more food uh, that, that we we're eating before. So she was eating quite healthy, I think, yeah. I know that you said that you all waited a little bit to tell people about uh, the pregnancy. Who was the first person that you all told? That's a, that's a good question. I think, I think we we shared with my mom, and then I think she shared with her sister, uh, and then I shared with my two brothers. Uh, and then we shared with, with the, with their whole family. So like, I, I'm not sure I remember the order now, eh? Okay. You know, um, yeah. And then, and then we started sharing with, with some of our friends because also the, like some of our really close friends that we were expecting as well. So coincidentally, they had just shared with us, you know, uh, that they're expecting and we knew already, but we hadn't shared with them. So we kind of kept quiet and just <laughs> celebrated, <laughs> you know, you know, the, you know, the, their, their baby. So they, they had their baby, uh, like a couple of months before ours, yeah. you know, so we shared with them as well. And then we, we sort of shared with most of our close friends, uh, you know, like that, that stay in South Africa, some in Europe and yeah. And and I think yeah, and then and then the and then maybe like I think gradually some of like more distant relatives and stuff like that. Yeah. So what did your mom say? So my mom was really happy that we were expecting a girl as well, right? <laughs> <laughs> because then we're four boys in our family, so so that was a little bit like a relief for her that finally, <laughs> we, you know, like I I get a granddaughter, so. So, so that was quite cool for her. She, she's, she, she was obviously very excited. Uh, so, I mean, she visited recently after the baby was born and mm -hmm. spent a couple of months with us. Um, yeah, so her first granddaughter. So, yeah, very exciting for her. Yeah, so you spoke earlier about uh, being in fatherhood training already, uh, you know, going through your own experiences. Uh, what kind of experiences prepared you uh, to become a father. Yeah, so, so I mean, like, I, I, like I've got a very strong Christian background. So, my, I mean, we grew up going to church every Sunday with my mom, and you know, so, so like my church, we did this course. Um, it's it's called it's actually called uh, uh, manhood or something like that, right? So you. So there's like 10 books you go through each with different principles um, from like communication, relationships and stuff like that. So so that that I think was quite a helpful um, like course that I did, you know, like a lot of those like lessons were sort of like lifetime lessons. So I think I think from from that sort of like spiritual perspective, there's been that that training, um, you know, that I've had. Uh, and, I, and I suppose, I don't know, like, I think just age helped me a little bit, you know, like, like when you get to 45, you know, like there's, there's only one part left now, right? <laughs> you gotta, you gotta get on with the program, right? So, so yeah, so I, I think, I think I feel like I, it, it was time, you know, something different. 
so I've just left my corporate career now after two decades of it. So that was great. But I think now I'm sort of looking forward to like a different, you know, like like phase in my life, like about family, you know, so like going into into entrepreneurship as well. So I'll be I'll be I'll be looking to sort of, you know, do something, you know, outside the corporate world and maybe something more independent, more social entrepreneurship space. So so a little bit more meaning from from a, both a personal and a professional perspective, hopefully. Can you talk about your relationship with your father? Yeah, so my so my dad is late. Um, yeah, but I, you know, my dad was a very very principled man, mm-hmm. you know, um, and you know, I I, I learned a lot from him, and um, and 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 he was sort of like the glue of the family, mm-hmm. you know. So so whenever there was issues in the family. You know, my dad was always the person that everybody would feel comfortable to go to and confide and try and find a solution. So, so I sort of grew up with that, you know, and I'm the oldest son myself. Um, so, so, so I sort of grew up with that, that responsibility that I learned from my dad, mm-hmm. you know, in terms of taking responsibility, you know, and, and being sort of responsible to keep the family together uh and making sure that everybody's is well taken care of so yeah so so that's that's sort of like my memory of my dad mm-hmm. um growing up uh with with him and and i mean you worked very hard so my mom um was what they call them what home executives now <laughs> so so my my mom only started working like when we were like quite you know quite grown i think she started working in her mid 40s Mm. you know uh so 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 my dad was sort of like the breadwinner for a very very long time like pretty much throughout my my upbringing mm-hmm. you know so yeah so, so I've, I've i've always you know sort of seen fatherhood as providing you know being that sort of stability uh you know that that voice of reason and that family unity not just for our family but the broader you know my Fulela family as well so, what's uh one one principle or one uh you know moral that you want to pass down to your uh your daughter that your dad passed down to you? Yeah, so 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 I think unity, um and 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 doing and and and, and doing the right thing, you know. So 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 my so my dad was was always big on. On, on doing the right thing even if it if it was at your expense you know uh and 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 keeping the you know the unity of the family uh uh the the and, and taking care of each other as well so 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 that's something that my dad always you know spoke about and and, and making sure that we we stay together so i've got two brothers um and 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 making sure that you know you're not just successful for yourself, but you 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 making sure that you you know you you pull as you rise yourself. Mm-hmm. So that's something that I would wanna pass to my to my daughter that you know life is is a lot more than just yourself. There's there's a whole world out there. Yeah, for sure. Do you feel like you wanna have more children? Yeah, so 
so like I, I'm definitely for a for a big family. So like, I mean, my 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 parents both sides. I mean, you know, they they're quite a bit. So so almost in the double digit numbers. Mm. Yeah. So <laughs> maybe I won't get quite that far. Maybe five. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, but I suppose like I mean, we 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 discuss it every now and then with my wife to say like, you know, like. You know, if we're gonna to get to five, we probably need to adopt, right? I don't know whether we, <laughs> we, we, we still <laughs> have got the energy to do five biological kids. So probably not. <laughs> so, so I think I think we, I think we're open to adopting if the circumstances are right. You know, so, you know, but but I, I'm definitely more for a big family. And my wife maybe a little bit less so, but yeah, but I, uh, yeah, but I, I think we probably sort of three, four, five, thereabouts. Okay. If, you know, if, if it happens that way. So you became a dad a little later in life. Uh, how, uh, how did you, uh, how did you enjoy or appreciate the, uh, the younger years of your life, the twenties, the thirties, like, uh, like, what did you, what did you experience? Like, what did you, were you able to travel the world, see the world? So, so, so born and bred in Zim. So I'm I'm um, Zimbabwean by birth. Um, I did all my schooling there. So I moved here to South Africa, you know, for greener pastures. Um, maybe going on 13, 14 years thereabouts. You know, so I mean, I've 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 worked a little bit as well in Zambia. Um, so you know, so yeah, so. So I think I think I've uh, I've had some, like really good good opportunities both in Zim, and 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 in South Africa as well. So I, I worked for, you know, quite established, uh, you know, financial services companies, you know, and 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 I've had like very, you know, interesting opportunities through the journey in different aspects of the industry, you know. So so I think that was good in a sense because, like I don't know, like I I I don't know what the formula is. But I kind of feel, you know, uh, it's it, it feels a little bit more structured, easier for me now, after like almost like a whole career to to start a family. You know, I, I think in my twenties could have been hectic. I'm not sure. <laughs> maybe maybe I could have done okay. I don't know. Yeah, uh, it, it's hectic. I'll start. <laughs> <laughs> I, I had my first child at 21, so yeah, it, it is hectic. Okay, I I can imagine. I think at twenty one, I probably need need a taking care of myself, right? So, <laughs> <laughs> so I can imagine like the responsibility of trying to build a career, build a family. Because like now, I feel like my, a lot of my mindset is is about building a family, mm-hmm. and and sort of like like also getting my career to work for me as opposed to work for my career. Yeah. Right. I think I think in my twenties. Like I don't know how much control I had of my career, really. I think the career was more controlling me. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah. So, so yeah. So I I feel like now is probably a good time for me. But at least that's 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 my perspective, I suppose, in my experience. Yeah. Yeah. And I agree with you. Um, ideally, I I wouldn't you know suggest anybody have a kid at you know twenty, twenty one, twenty two, twenty three. You know, wait. Uh, you know, learn more about yourself, get yourself uh, financially stable. So, yeah, I, I agree with everything you said. 
Um, a couple of weeks ago, we spoke with um, someone from Kenya, and he talked about like the rite of passage uh, process and becoming a man. Did you ever um, experience any like rites of passage things? Um, just explain it to me, like what you mean by that exactly. Um, you know, I just I don't want to assume I understand it. Yeah. So he um, he talked about when he was, I think, he, either 12 or 13, mm. he went through um, him and like some of the other people that he grew up with and his dad. Yep. They all went out into like the forest and. Uh, all right. Oh, no, I, I, I know what you mean. Yeah. So. So it's 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 a it's a common practice across a lot of African cultures and, mm -hmm. and you know uh, and customs, but not in my experience though, right? So, so so I mean my my parents are in Debele. Uh, I don't know whether Debele people in South Africa do that, but I I definitely know some some tribes in South Africa do it, mm -hmm. you know. But I'm not an expert really in that space. So myself personally, no. Um, I think more it's 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 just like more just sort of like everyday mentorship from my dad, like okay. so just learned life from my dad, and then when I was older, like uh, my church had this you know sort of like manhood course that I was talking about earlier on, mm -hmm. uh, that I that I went through. So like it's a it's a whole year program, so you go through like ten different books sort of like Christian books with different principles around like money, like relationships and communication and marriage and all sorts of different things. So, so, so like that's, that's something I did, you know, more from a church perspective, mm -hmm. uh, but, but not that custom, but, I, but I'm familiar with, like, I know about it, but, but, I, but I've never experienced anything myself personally. Okay. Yeah. What's uh what's one of your favorite books out of the books you read during that time, and uh, and why? Yeah, so so it's a book by my pastor called Building People, Building Dreams, um, and so it's it's really about his vision of the church and the nation of of Zimbabwe, and 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 how all of us have a role to play in that you know and 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 having dominion in your different areas and 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 building you know one person at a time one family at a time one community at a time and ultimately you know one nation as well so it, it's really more like his call it his, his love letter to to the nation and and to his church so so like lots of principles in that book uh, that he shared um yeah so so yeah so i mean he's you know he's he's actually american by birth mm -hmm. um but moved to zim in 1978 two years before our independence and and, and and i mean he's he's quite a uh, a very sort of like funny guy and and makes a lot of jokes and and, and one of his jokes is that i'm the true african-american <laughs> 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 and, he, and he literally is an African-American because, I mean, he's lived longer in Zim uh, uh, than, than, than he's lived in America. Um, and, and, and by the way, he's a white guy. So, so, so the irony of him calling himself the true African-American. 
<laughs> so so yeah so so yeah i've learned lots from him over the years uh but i've got big respect for him that's cool um so can you talk about like uh zimbabwe and south africa like um so oh go ahead i'm sorry yeah no sorry sorry i interrupted you oh no i was finished i um i was just gonna say like can you talk about like the culture um like some of the food the things that you all do out there yeah, so so I mean, Southern Africa, we like the like as you know, like like African borders were were a, a, a legacy of of colonization, right? Yeah. So so there's like a lots of like you know similarities in the different countries, even sometimes languages, right? So 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 Ndebele people, for example, that are a sizable pop population in Zim. Are originally from South Africa, so they 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 migrated, you know, back in the days, um, you know, the Nguni Kingdom that was mostly in present day KZN. Uh, so they they migrated from there into present day Zim now. So that's that's sort of like where, you know, my my people come from, and originally from 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 yeah South Africa. Uh, but my my great grandfather was actually from Swaziland, actually. Mm. You know, so so there's there's like there's lots of similarities, lots of languages. I mean, you know, the the one thing with Africa is that you know it's both a, a blessing and a case sometimes, right? Because then sometimes it also causes disunity, <laughs> mm. unfortunately, right? Because then you know sometimes the simple the simple minds would look at the differences as something to you know, to 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 pull people apart, you know, uh, and and I mean, I'm sure you've you've heard all the the tribal wars and tribalism in Africa. You know, and some of it persists even up to today. You know, uh, but then there's lots of similarities as well. So, so I mean, I've worked a little bit in in Zambia. Like, I mean, we share some common languages as well with with Zambia. So that we with uh, with a lot of our neighboring countries. You know, so, so yeah, so I mean, it's a, it's a very vibrant, like lots, like very, a lot of young people, uh, but we, we got lots of challenges here as well. You know, so I, I grew up in a small little town called Mutare in, in Zim. Uh, and, you know, went to, to school there and then went to university in Zim as well. Uh, and then moved to South Africa you know, I did a few, you know a few other things here in South Africa as well, from a, from a, from just sort of adding on to my academics. You know, so so yeah, lots of potential in 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 Africa, but we 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 also have a lot of issues as well in terms of like 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 unity of purpose, like you know driving, you know some of the you know like the values like what you guys are sharing about fatherhood and the importance of that. Like lots of uh, uh, fatherless kids, unfortunately, you know, uh, in in South Africa it's quite a big issue and challenge as well, you know, around that. So so I mean these things do cause a lot of challenges in society, right? Because you know when when kids don't grow up in you know secure environments, you know then they 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 don't meet their their potential and and so does the country. I mean, South Africa probably has got one of the highest number of unemployed youths, I think, potentially in the world, 
we've got over 10 million unemployed youths in South Africa. So, so the youth unemployment in South Africa is, is a massive challenge. And then you can imagine all the kids coming out of that environment, you know, uh, it's, it's not going to be a pretty sight. So, but then, but then there's also like, you know, like lots of, you know, potential as well. If we, if we get our act together, you know, to, to address some of these challenges and, and, and grow the economies and, 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 and live the full potential you know, of, of, of the region. Yeah. So, but I, 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 I spend quite a bit of time in South Africa and I, I go to Zim quite often as well. My mom still stays there, still stay there, uh, stays there. And I've got lots of family there as well. Okay. What's the um, overall economy looking like out there? I know out here in uh, America, uh, everything is pretty much going down, like from the stock market to, cryptocurrency, pretty much everything is uh, on the downtrend. Um, how does it look out there for you? So it's, it's, it's been very tough. I mean, so for me, obviously, you know, moving to South Africa was mostly because of the economic challenges in Zim. So, so the Zim economy um, over the last 20 years has pretty much gone no way. It probably it's actually, you know, I think it's, it's, it's significantly gone down even in actual nominal value. Right, so we've had like numerous recessions, even depressions altogether in Sim. Uh, we've we've had, I think, probably the the highest recorded inflation ever. I think, right, because I think we probably even beat the German one, and the Yugoslavia one, uh, Venezuela one. Sorry, so 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 Zim has gone through some really really tough times. I mean, uh, unemployment in Zim is is. I don't know whether they even recorded it in the last, you know, few in the last sort of bit ten years, twenty years. So it's 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 extremely high. I think Zim has probably got one of the highest unemployment rates in the world. So, but South Africa is also got it's it's not not doing that much better from an unemployment perspective. I think youth unemployment in South Africa is over fifty percent as well. So it's it's quite it's quite big. So so the economies here are not doing well at all. Um, uh, I mean, South Africa has got a big economy, so the biggest stock market on the continent. So, so the potential is there. I mean, it's it's almost two worlds when you look at South Africa's economy, because the really good is really good, the really bad is is like just as like another African country, you know, quite struggling, low and low growth, you know, high unemployment, high inflation, low investment, you know, poor education outcomes. So. You know, but but at the same time, there's also some silver linings as well. You know, there's there's a lot of conversations starting to happen to address that. I mean, I think for example, like just recently, they started the free trade area in Africa. So I mean, coincidentally, like South Africa, I mean, Africa as a whole contributes the bulk of of global resources, but we contribute like less than ten percent of you know trade, right? I mean like the average African country trades more with the rest of the world than we trade with ourselves, which makes absolutely no sense, right? So, so there's, there's, there's a lot of conversations going at the AU level, African unity, African union level, to try and get more unity going on the, across the continent and to try and promote more inter-African trade uh, development and growth and you know, so, but I mean, we, we've got everything here. We've got, we've got the human resources. We've got the 
natural resources, we've got the young population, we've got everything except order, you know, and, and hopefully we're starting to get our act together, put the policies in and and hopefully the the next couple of generations will see a different outcome than we currently see at the moment. I know since you're talking about like the economy, um, I think a couple of months ago, maybe, um, have you heard about this where they found like a couple, like 20 tons of uh, iron ore or gold and um, was that in Ghana? Uh, I, I might've missed that, you know, but, but I mean, for, for sure, like, like a, like a lot of, African countries, I mean, Angola has got one of the highest um, uh, like like minerals, you know, uh, on the continent. I mean, Zim in South Africa have got, have got a lot of platinum, mm -hmm. uh, which is essential for, for, for the car industry. If we, if we could harness that, I think, I mean, South Africa has always been known for gold and then countries like Nigeria, like lots of oil there. Yeah, I think Nigeria is in the top ten oil producing those in the world. So, so like the, I think the, I think mineral wise, minerals wise, I mean we, I think we probably contribute about 60 percent of 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 minerals, you know, globally. So, so we we we've got a lot of minerals for sure. I don't think that's where our problem is. I think I think our problem is more how we just make that. Uh, uh, more meaningful for everybody. So, so I'm, 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 I'm going to switch off this one. Okay, I'll pause it. Okay. Are you pause yeah. So, can you guys still hear me? We, 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 we definitely got, we, we, we definitely quite indulged in that, in that, in that, in that, in that space. I think it's really more about how to use it effectively. I know, I know Namibia, for example, is going to be doing a massive project in hydrogen, right? So I think they invested about 10 billion, investing about 10 billion US dollars um, into that space and, and setting up a sovereign fund to actually support those social projects in that country. So so I think those are the sort of projects that we need to see more of. I, think, I know Ghana with COCO, like, so, you know, so they 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 trying to beneficiate that quite a bit as well, because they've been exporting sort of raw cocoa for a long time mm -hmm. and not benefiting from the value add of that industry. So, so Ghana, I think from a, from a cocoa perspective, I'm, I'm quite aware, but, but I, I'm sure they probably got other minerals as well, like, like, like a lot of other African countries have. Yeah, I think um, they were saying like, the, because they found so much of it, it was supposed to boost I think it put like 17 billion. This is like an estimate. They put like 17 billion dollars into the economy. I'm trying to remember what country it was. I think it might have been Ghana, but I'm not sure. I guess I have to look it up. But. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, we, we definitely don't have any shortage of minerals. Yeah, <laughs> that's not one of our problems. So so I think even like Zim, my own country, like, like lots of minerals. Um, uh, I mean, Botswana, for example, has done very well with diamonds. So Botswana has been one of the few shining examples on the African continent. So they they discovered diamonds uh, uh, a, a while back, 
and 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 they've invested a lot in in that in, in you know from from the resources they got from Diamond into their own people, mm-hmm. and and I think I think I think Botswana now is almost like a middle income country, from from an income perspective, they they've actually done extremely well, so so yeah so so from diamonds to di- to gold to platinum to oil, we got it all here except that we have not really been able to use it effectively. So where do you see the economy going from here? So if you had to uh, project maybe five to 10 years from now, you think it's going to be uh, similar, worse, or better? I think definitely better eh? because, because I mean, the one thing that's, that's working in our advantage is that, is that the, the technological advancements in the last sort of decade or so have actually have presented an opportunity for Africa to leapfrog development without some of the constraints that 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 you know other industrialized countries are to deal with right so for example if you take energy right i mean you know right now with renewable energy you could literally set up shop almost anyway you know whereas before with you know a lot of fossil fuel energies it was a lot more difficult so so there's an opportunity for africa for example to really tap into renewable energies. I mean, we've got so much wind, solar, you know, sun, you know, we've got dams and rivers for hydrogen electricity as well. So, so something like just the, the, the renewable energy sector could solve our triple challenge of unemployment, climate change, you know, uh, and inclusive growth all in one, right? So, and I think the free trade area is, is gonna be quite important you know, for Africa, because then we, we've got to we've got to get the trading going amongst ourselves. So that 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 looks like, you know, hopefully it's going to pick up. I know in Ghana, for example, they started their own you no know, car industry, right? Mm. But then at the moment they have to compete with all of these big brands globally, right? Whereas when we've got the free trade area now, so a manufacturer in Ghana would be able to sell across the continent without tariffs, right? You know, whereas all the other products coming from the rest of the world would obviously have to, you know, pay tariffs and all of that. So, so I think that's gonna. So I think definitely the the business community is starting to come to the fore in 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 Africa, whether from a connectivity perspective, from you know renewable energies. Um, you know, there's still a lot of work to be done. You know, harnessing the resources that we've got. So I mean, I, I'm definitely very optimistic about about our continent going forward. Are you um, are you familiar with uh, uh, Credo Mutua? From which country? Uh, I think he's from South Africa. He he um, he died maybe last year or the year before. It was fairly okay. recently when when he passed. But okay, um, what was he known for? Well, he was like a, um, he was kind of like a shaman. And he used to go around and talk about like the history of people, and he said that you know life started in um, in Southern Africa, and mm-hmm. people like branched out and went up through Africa and like went to the other bodies of land. I just mm-hmm. I was going to ask you, uh, you know, what you thought about that, or if you're familiar okay. with with him. Yeah, not not even in particular, but I mean, I'm currently reading right now a book by 
um, uh, Steve Biko's son uh, about Steve Biko's son. Okay. Yeah, Steve Biko. So Steve Biko was like a like a black black conscious leader in the you know during the Mandela period times etc. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he passed on just before South Africa's independence. You know, so so I mean he, he talks a lot about African identity, right? And and I think that's something very important for Africa, and and we really struggle. I think to come up with a cohesive, you know, narrative around what is African identity, right? Because I mean, like on the continent, we probably got like over 2000 languages, right? Which, which is not great, right? Uh, because then it's it's something to celebrate, but it's, it's also got its own unique challenges as well. Because then, you know, it means that people don't easily relate with each other. They don't uh, easily communicate well. Because I mean, like, if you're American, like, everybody's speaking English, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, African-American on the West Coast and African-American on the East Coast, like, at least you got, like, like a good starting point. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Whereas in Africa, literally from one village to another, it could be different languages altogether, right? So yeah. that can present some some practical challenges, you know? So, so and, and, and I like, I like what, what is, I mean, I haven't finished the book, but I like one of the things that he's saying is that if you look across the African continent, right, we we never identified ourselves as individuals. So somebody's just coming to say hi. <laughs> so we, we we always identified ourselves with community, right? So so as an African, so in South Africa, you know, you know, we, it's, it's called Ubuntu, right? But it's a it's a concept that is pretty much across the, the African continent which is that you are because we are, right? Mm-hmm. You know, and, and I think it's very important because we need like an overarching identity, you know, that is that is above like simple things like, you know, what language you speak and, you know, that sort of thing. Because then we're never going to agree on that sort of stuff, right? So even like now, there's been like a little bit of a drive to use Swahili as, 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 the, as the official language of the AU, but I mean, even that is going to be a bit of a challenge because there's lots of Africans that don't understand Swahili, right? You know, so so there's there's no, you know, it's you know, it's 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 difficult for us to sort of rally the, around, you know, like like a common identity, mm-hmm. you know, uh, as, as 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 Africans, and I think like a lot of thought, you know, sort of influencers and you know. Um, thought leaders, and I suspect, you know, the one you mentioned was one of them, are starting to think around that topic to say, like, how do we make this thing work for everybody? You know, what, what's our common identity? What makes you African from Malawi, from Zim, from South Africa, from Nigeria? Like, it's not always obvious, right? We've got our own issues here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've, I've come across Ubuntu. I've been... Uh... You know, talking to my kids about that, like uh, a whole lot, like uh, like what it means, like uh, if you're better, I'm better. You know what I mean? So with that in mind, like uh, you treat the other person better than you want to be treated because you want to be better. You know what I mean? Absolutely. And uh, I actually looked at the word. I broke it down. Like uh, it's three U's in the word Ubuntu, and uh, you look at it. It starts with you and it ends with you. 
That's true. Yeah, that's, that's true. I know <laughs> and then you and then it's you right in the middle. Then it's like you right in the middle of it. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. I, was, <laughs> I was breaking the word down. Like man, the word is even spelled great. <laughs> yeah, it's and I, and I think I think if you think about it, we could even take it at a global level, right? Because like I think I think I think people of African descent, wherever we are, we have had like challenges in 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 growing as a people, right? Not against anybody else, but just for us, kind of thing, right? And, and and I think I think I think I think all African people across the world, you know, would would need to, you know, help each other to you know to find ourselves as a people and to take our, our rightful place, you know, in in the community of nations, right? Because I mean, I often I think about like like African Americans, like how much money like some African-Americans have got and how much good they could do by partnering some brothers here yeah. and, 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 and using some of that capital for good use here. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, like I was listening to one presentation and, and someone said like, if, if you took just the African-Americans in the US, it would be the ninth biggest economy on the continent. Mm. Right? And, and I think we've got a lot to share with each other, learn from each other, you know, build each other up and and I think we should definitely do more of that, not just in culture, but also maybe even in business, economics, like a lot of other things. Like I know there's like lots of people doing good things. Like I know Oprah has got a school here, for example, you know, uh, so that's so blessed. She, she's done well, you know, but I think there's a lot more that, that can be done to, you know, to, to make progress. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. Where, where's the Oprah school at? What country is it's in South Africa, yeah. I don't, I don't know okay. where exactly, but yeah, but she built the opera school here in South Africa, yeah. And I know, um, well, Akon is from. Uh, you familiar with Akon, the singer? I know, I know him. I think he's from Senegal. I think or somewhere there. Okay, yeah, I know he yeah. do a lot of work out there. Yeah, but... I know he. Yeah, he's invested a lot in his own country. I know that, yeah. Yeah. Well, what you're saying is right. We do need to, uh, you know, connect and, and reunite with each other. Absolutely. Absolutely, yeah. Because, I mean, like like all African people, like they, they originally came from here somehow, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> so so we, we, we definitely, you know, and I mean, I always say this thing: like it's, it's like, like, like to to define your own identity. It's not, it's not like against anybody else. It's just for, it's just for African people, you know. Because I think, I think you need to define yourself and have a value and pride in yourself to even be respected by anybody else, right? So, so I think it's something that I think we 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 definitely need to to get right. Um, I mean, like even if you think now, like like a lot of African people. Like die in the in in the, in you know trying to cross the you know into into Europe, you know, um, and and it's sad because then we're supposed to be creating these opportunities on our continent, and even our young people actually want to stay on the continent. We should be going to Europe for holiday and coming back, you know. But but because we we haven't really managed our affairs very well, you know, we we don't see the opportunities that we've got right here at home. So you said, oh, oh, go ahead, Royce. No, go ahead, bro. 
Now, I was just going to ask about the um, you were saying a lot of young people die trying to cross going to Europe. Yeah, that's just yeah. yeah, so that you know, so so like 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 you know, like at, at the top of the continent, there there's you know they like people cross into like Italy and those sort of places, you know, uh, trying to look for opportunities. So like there's lots of like like human trafficking and stuff like that going on, you know, because I mean people are just trying to leave the continent to look for opportunities, right? Yeah. You know, but often they go to Europe and then they realize it's not all roses there either. Yeah. You know, so so like I think a lot of African people, like I mean, like like I still get like like being abused and you know and suffering, you know, uh, because we're not like we're not sorting out our own continent, which is sad, you know, and and it's very easy to fix it. I think we've got everything we need here. We just we just need to get our act together. And I, and, I, and, I, and I think we will, we will, and, and we are, but not fast enough. So you're, uh, you're old enough to uh, witness Nelson Mandela. Uh, yeah. I, I only seen him on TV or in a book. So for me, from my perspective, I, I see the greatness. I see what he did, the sacrifices he made. Uh, what, what did you draw from, uh, from him? why he was here like because you were right there with him you know right there so yeah absolutely i mean i've had the privilege of, of seeing him in person uh but not not like next to me but you know yeah in, in the airspace right so like, that's nelson mandela he's right there he's right there yeah. <laughs> I, I think the thing with the thing i really admire about that generation of nelson mandela so like I put like Nelson Mandela, Julius Nerere, you know, uh, Joshua Nkomo in Zimbabwe, you know, uh, Sankara, you know, that generation of, of, of Africans. They, they really understood that you were an African before you were a nationalist, right? Or you were an African before your tribe, right? So. So we, we're starting to lose a little bit of that, of that sense of, of being a, a, a true pan-Africanist, right? And, and that's, that's, that's the thing that I really admire about Nelson Mandela. And, and I, think, I think Mandela was a proud African, but he was also a, a humanist as well, because he managed to pull the nation of South Africa, which, which is quite diverse, and that diversity sometimes comes with a lot of challenges, right? <laughs> you know, to try and create the unity and the, and the unit of purpose and that sort of thing. And I think Mandela uh, was quite unique and, and, and in his own class there, you know, in what he was able to do for the nation of South Africa. I mean, I, I think he remains one of the people that I, that I truly admire. Uh, um, you know, I, I quite also like what, what, what Barack Obama also managed to do in the US as well, you know, for, for someone coming from, you know, a minority group uh, to be able to, to achieve what he achieved. I think, you know, it was, and I mean, obviously Africans are majority, yeah, but, but for Mandela to be able to, you know, to, to, to you know, drive the, the independence of South Africa the way he did, I think he's a great man. And 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 and, and there's a lot for us to learn from him and to keep his legacy.
good stuff. Do you feel like he had, um, I mean, he was in prison for 26 years? 27 years. 27? Yeah. Um, and I know, like, that can change a person. <laughs> but do you feel like he kind of shifted um, in his stance on things? So, like, from being a, like, revolutionary to going to prison to becoming the president, how do you feel like he, he changed or um, – kind of evolved over time? That's a good question, uh, Raheem. I, I think he certainly was, became a more of a, a, a principled pragmatist, mm. right? Because, because I, think, I think South Africa is quite unique in the sense that they, they ended up getting independence through a negotiated settlement, mm. right? Whereas a lot of countries, I mean, like my country, for example, it was through like a very like bitterly fought war, right? Um, so, so I, I think Mandela, you know, in in my view, he he managed to to evolve and become a global statesman from someone who was just fighting for only his people. Because I mean, like across the African continent, there's almost like universal like a recognition of, of what Mandela stood for and, and, and his deep desire to unite, you know, the African continent, right? I mean, obviously from, a, from, a, from an economic, you know, uh, progress perspective, you know, there's a lot of work still need to be done even up to now, right? So I think, I think, I think, I think he did his best to set the foundation, but now we need almost, a, a different kind of like uh, uh, freedom now, like almost like economic freedom, right? If I can put it that way, like social justice, like because I think Mandela's you know generation they were fighting for like the basic freedoms, like like political freedom, right to vote and that sort of thing. But now we 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 got a different fight altogether: social justice, you know, economic uh, equity and and stuff like that. And I mean those things are complex. And they're gonna probably take a few more generations before we we make progress. But I think I, I think I think he had the wisdom, you know. Uh, I mean, sometimes I think people judge him unfairly that you know South Africa is still you know a very unequal society, and you know he didn't do enough to you know to sort inequality and poverty. But I think that's an unfair. Uh, criticism of the men, really. I mean, I don't think any one person can solve that problem like that. Yeah. E even Barack Obama couldn't solve <laughs> the <American> problem. <laughs> <laughs> no, he couldn't. <laughs> yeah. Do you, um, um, are there talks, so like in the United States in the past couple of years, there there have been talks about like reparations for uh, slavery and different things like that? Are there talks in South Africa around, like similar talks around reparations? So, so this one is an interesting one, right? Because I, I probably have like a, a bit of a nuanced view on it, right? So I certainly think that it's important to acknowledge the injustices of the past, right? Mm -hmm. that, that have been meted out on African people and continue you know, to this day. Right, um, 
you know, whether it's slavery or colonization or, or you know, some of the more structural, um, you know, barriers and disadvantages that are that 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 African people face even to to this day, right? You know, even think about human trafficking, you know, um, and wars. I mean, like all sorts of wars are started on the African continent, you know, because people are trying to, you know, take our resources, etc. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but but I think it's a it's a it's a it's a challenging one because you you got to do it in a way that actually creates progress because i mean for example affirmative action you know is 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 a thing in south africa right you know but sometimes it's a double edged sword sure. right because it it can create resentment uh uh in in the other population groups right whereas i think what you're trying to do is create an an eco plane field without without creating a new round of 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 people feeling like they've been hard done and stuff like that. I, I don't know how like like affirmative action has worked in in the US, for example, you know, um, but but in 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 but in, in in South Africa, for example, you know, like some of the legislation, it's actually quite good legislation, you know, but it hasn't been implemented in a way that is actually produced the intended outcome, which is to 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 level the playing field. I mean, for example, you talk about like, like doing a tax, you know, uh, and and try and rebalance things that way. But I I, I don't know, like I, I don't think ideas like that are going to work very well because I think they create more problems than than they solve, you know. But I I certainly think that there has to be some effort to address the imbalances of yesterday without creating new round of in like unhappiness and tensions if, if i can put it that way yeah yeah so uh i know your daughter is not old enough to really understand what money is yet but how do you how do you plan on uh instilling some uh morals in regards to money or uh, how do you plan on teaching your daughter about money yeah so I think I think it's important to know that you you can't spend all your money. I think that's the starting point. <laughs> you 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 gotta spend a little bit less than you actually you, you actually earn, you know, so that you can get yourself to a point of some level of financial security, right? And be able to invest, you know, in in you know in yourself and and invest in you know in your community around you. Because I think if we're just consuming everything that we make will never make progress right you know um so i think that's quite important you know to to teach my daughter that you know like i mean that's my 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 areas of of, of speciality uh financial planning and, and wealth management so so definitely spend less than you earn uh serve as much as you can and get to a point you know where you're financially secure to be able to have agency to make different choices, you know, in your life without having to just sort of, you know, survive from hand to mouth on a daily basis. All right, so I, I know we're getting um, kind of getting close to time. So I, I have one one last question for you. Um, 
So this question is usually like the 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 last question, but I'm gonna go ahead and put it out now. What um if you can give advice to any new father, you're a new father yourself, um, any new father, any expecting father, what would it be? So so if it, if it, if it's if it's well ahead of time, you know, if you're planning on starting a family, I'd say, you know, um, you know, get your finances in order because I think that will help, you know, because then it's 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 less pressure on yourself because then you can be a more present dad, right? I mean, so I mean, my wife, uh, uh, she's from Sweden, and and I think the first few times I went to Sweden, I like I, I was quite amazed at their social you know, like support system where they give a couple almost up to two years of paid uh, parent leave, mm. right? You know, and I think it's, it's one of the few countries that, at least that I've been to that, that does that, right? So they really invest, you know, in, in families, right? So, so, so they value families and it, no wonder Sweden actually has got one of the, you know, the most, you know, like uh, progressive societies, you know, happier people, stronger families, you know, and that sort of thing. So, and, and the challenge I think for, for for most other countries is that you almost have to do it for yourself, right? Mm -hmm. Because then often it's a little bit of a chicken and eggs kind of situation. So I think I think any expecting father, or, or if you want to set up your families, you know, start saving up, you know, so that you 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 can even take a job that pays a little bit less, but allows you to be more present. In, in your in your child's life, you know, and you don't sort of just work into the bone and 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 you're you're away all the time and you know doing two, three jobs, which most people unfortunately, you know, like maybe not most, but like a lot of people unfortunately have to do. So I think it's a balancing act. You know, you've got to look at this thing in a holistic way, you know, uh to be present emotionally, financially, spiritually, you know, and all of that. So so I think it's a, it's a big responsibility to be a father and you've got to juggle a lot of balls in the air and hopefully, you know, you catch them all before they drop to the ground. <laughs> I like that. So uh, more money means you're more present. Well, you could be more present, even more so. You know, you're not, you're not worried about uh, where the next meal is coming from. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah. Good stuff. Yeah, so uh, my last question to you, Becky, uh, is a question I already asked you, actually. Uh, it's, uh, what does fatherhood mean to you? And uh, you gave me a real good answer. I'm going to read it to you. Uh, he said, as a person of faith, one verse in Proverbs answers this the best. A good man shall leave an inheritance to his kids. In addition, it also means I am present in my child's life. We just kind of talked about that. Uh, I provide for them, not just financially, but also emotionally, spiritually, and socially to ensure they grow up to be the best version of themselves. Fatherhood also means protecting your children and ensuring they are safe from any physical or spiritual harm. Wow. Can you uh, elaborate on that a little bit more? Mm -hmm. <laughs> well, so I mean, like, I, I think my dad, you know, uh, I've got a lot of respect for him, you know, with the little resources that he had, you know, he, has cre he created, you know, really good opportunities for, for, my, for myself and my two brothers. So, I mean, my, my 
two younger brothers. One is just finishing off, you know, being a chartered accountant. Um, and then the other one is just finishing off his PhD in law. And and I, I've I've got I've got I've got you know two of the highest qualifications in in investments and financial planning. So like like all three of us we've had like really you know good opportunities from from an academic perspective, right? And 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 I think it's important to to be able to create that environment for your kids to to be the best version of themselves, you know, whatever that could be. You know, uh, maybe my child doesn't want to do a PhD, but maybe he wants to do music school or something, right? You know, so so I, I strongly believe like in in the concept of passing backwards. But I, I think I think one of the challenges we've had in Africa is that every generation starts from zero, often, right? And, and there's just no momentum that we build it, right? Um, so so for me, you know, being able to live an inheritance for my kids' kids means that you know my my kids and my grandkids don't have to go through some of the challenges that that I had to go through myself, you know, um, and and they've got the opportunities and the resources to actually you know be able to 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 prosper, you know, and I think as a father, you know, that's your role to 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 protect your kids from any harm and to create you know the the right mindset, uh, you know, the belief, the faith you know, the opportunities for them to thrive. That's awesome. Yeah. All right, Dr. Young, uh, did you have any other questions? No, uh, no questions. I, I really enjoyed the conversation, man. It, it's been a good interview, uh, Becky. I appreciate you coming on. And speaking Hall of Fathers. What'd you say? Put in the Hall of Fathers. What you oh, think, yeah. man? Hall of Fathers. Oh yeah, for sure. For sure. <laughs> yeah, nah, we, uh, we got we we changed it from the Hall of Fame to the Hall of Fathers, man. We are gonna put this one in there. This is it's been a great one. No, great. No, no. Thanks, Raheem, and and thanks, Royce, for for the invite, and thanks for connecting on LinkedIn. Uh, that was quite nice. Uh, you know, I quite like LinkedIn. You know, it's it's giving me an opportunity, you know, to connect uh, professionally, personally. You know, with many people across the world, you know, which I really, really appreciate. I think, I think, you know, technology is definitely making the world, you know, much smaller, and we can definitely learn from from each other and, and learn from the best around the world. And you don't have to reinvent the wheel anymore because there's always somebody doing it well, and that you can just tap into and, and grow from that perspective. Yeah, so that's it's been absolutely great. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you. Oh, sure, man. So, and if you had to uh, tell people where to uh, look you up at or, or, or meet you online, how would they reach you? So, so I'm 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 on like 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 all the social media. So I'm I'm on LinkedIn. Um, I'm on Facebook. I've got a personal account and and the and and like uh, uh, like financial literacy, which is something that I'm very passionate about. Then I'm on Twitter, TikTok. Yeah, so. So yeah, all the sort of main social media uh, platforms. So yeah, I, I think I did share with you. So you know, so any one yeah. of those, uh, yeah, people are free to to reach out to me if they if they want to connect, and I'll, and I'll be able to. Yeah, I have links to all those in the description below. I got all those links, so that, uh, definitely thanks for sharing. 
All right, okay. so uh, you know, uh, without any further ado, uh, don't hang up yet, man. We'll have a little post game, a little cool off, if you will. Uh, so for myself, for stories, realities for uh, my colleague, Dr. Raheem Young, and also for our very special guest, Becky. I want to say the last name right. I want to say it. Get one more time. One more time. Becky Mafule. Mafule. That's it, right? Yeah, you got it. Yeah. Ah, yeah, got it. All right, cool. Becky Mafule. Thanks again for listening to Welcome to Fatherhood inter interviews, and stay tuned for further announcements.